Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Hi, it's Brett Phillips here, host of The First Serve, and thank you for downloading the latest edition of In The Huddle, one of our podcast offerings here at The First Serve. You can get your weekly live tennis fix with our show every Monday night on the SCN Radio Network at 7pm Eastern. All the broadcast details of where you can listen can be found at thefirstserve.com.au. In the Huddle was created to give student-athletes, parents and coaches an inside look at the journey through US college sport and all that comes with it. The demands, the experiences, the excitement and the opportunities available to our student-athletes from around the world. Study and Play USA facilitates a comprehensive, customised approach for student-athletes and families for their whole journey, from their high school preparation years right through to US college graduation. Welcome to another episode of In the Huddle. Well, if you are into inspirational and heartwarming stories, you're going to want to listen to today's guest, Kerry Galhos hails from East Timor, northwest of Australia. And today we're going to hear uh, how she traced a path from her home country all the way to Texas in America to live out her US college dream. And it's been a few years since graduation from college. So today let's catch up with Kerry, who's dialed in from the UK. Welcome, Kerry. Thank you for having me. Great Very exciting. Yeah, it's great to see <laughs> It's been a, been a while since we've caught up, isn't it? Yes, it has. Um, I've got to tell you, often people will tell us, um, you know, or ask us if we've got any special stories that we like to share about our job, um, mm. the athletes that we work with, uh, and your name always comes up, Kerry. And um, oh. the, the reason is not only because you've got a pretty unique path, but it's also because you've always been so friendly and passionate um, and those things are very noticeable. So it's, uh, we're pleased to, we can share your story today with others so that they might find a little bit, maybe some inspiration and, and realize that life doesn't need to be smooth sailing for you to, to uh, make it. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I've talked you up there and make you probably very nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just like stood up proper i mean said properly yeah no, no 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 <laughs> it's all good so look we'll, we'll talk about what you're up to in the uk a little later but i'm eager to take the trip down memory lane first um let, let's go right back to where all this tennis journey started in your home country um can you tell us a little bit about east timor and your life growing up there well growing up there i think um I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was hard at the beginning, like the childhood that I had, like after the war, but, um, you know, after, after that, I've always been um, involved in sports. So that really helped me like from the beginning. 
And my dad was also a fan of uh, sports. So he was the one who um, got me into tennis. Um, we went we went somewhere to just to just watch a tennis match of Serena. She's my oh. favorite tennis player. Yes, and then and then one day he just said he just bought me a racket and then we went to the tennis courts and started playing. And then after that, it was it just went from there. Yeah, that's Pretty awesome. Much. I was going yeah. to ask you about how on earth did you get into tennis and and who was it? So it was dad. So did dad play tennis? No, he doesn't. He he was a boxer, but okay. he, well, he loves sports, so he watches like boxing, tennis, anything. He watches everything. So, but yeah. he always wanted me to be a tennis player. I don't know why, but yeah, that, that's um, awesome. and, and did yeah. you did you find that um, trying to once you got the the bug for tennis, did you find mm. that it was hard to was it was it easy or hard to get better in, in Timor? I guess you're in a time when things were sort of um, a little bit volatile over there. Um, you know, was it easy to sort of travel and play and get better and, and how, how'd because, that work? Well, at the beginning, it was just me and my dad and the wall. Yep. That's, what I, that's what I did most of the time because the training, the practice is only um, twice a week. Yeah. And the coaches are not are not well trained. They're not certified or anything. They just um, teaching us from their experience. So we have to, if you want to improve, you have to find your own time. And that's me, you know, early in the morning before class or after class. So it's six o'clock. It's me and my dad always going to the tennis court and just hitting on the wall. Fantastic. Yes. And were there any other sort of sort of athletes in East Timor that are a lot older than you? That you, I mean, you obviously looked up to Serena as a tennis player, but there are other, other athletes oh. that you you took an interest in in East Timor. Uh, yes, they're all male. I don't know why. Well, there's not many female who play tennis in Timor. I, after I said certain age, they drop out. So there's a lot more male, and those are the ones who. You know, I tried to gain my experience like by playing with them and asking them questions like how they started and just get inspiration from them too because they also had it rough too, like from the beginning, you know, like being under the Indonesian occupation and then how they started and a lot of them were started as ball boys, you know, and then after that and once they, um, the Indonesians see that they they are you know talented and they're interested in the sport. Then they give them rackets, and then that's how they started. Yeah. And yeah, so you know it's it was nice to, um, you know, to learn from them and then you know get the inspiration. Yeah. Very good. Well, I think um, you know, it's a, sort of the next phase of your story that's pretty intriguing because. There's a guy by the name of Jed Rapkins who yeah. uh, comes from a, 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 um, a great tennis family here in Australia. <clears throat> and I know he was a guy who was a bit restless and enjoyed to travel, but he also is a bit of a human humanitarian, Jed. Yeah. And he wanted to go somewhere where he could use his, uh, I guess, abilities to coach. And he wanted to volunteer yeah. in, a, in a, I guess, a, um, a place that maybe had been a little bit underprivileged at the time, um, which mm -hmm. so shows East Timor, and that's where he met a very young Kerry Galhos playing in one of these clinics. Yeah. 
Yes. Can you remember meeting him over there? Yeah, I do. I do remember him. Um, uh, my first coach in Timo was um, called Armindo, Armindo da Costa, and he is really good friends with Jed, obviously, because they, you know, Jed is there and he's pretty much the person who connected Jed. And um, I, at the beginning, it was very, um, it was very, I always heard his name, but I never really met him and I was little too. And then there's like this white guy over there, like teaching everybody and then everybody's improving. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a good, um, it was a nice meeting after because he, people keep telling him that I was one of the upcoming tennis stars, you know, not, so yeah and then he was he he was the one who approached me and you know it made me feel better since i i didn't know what to do so that yeah. was very nice yeah good. It, well it turned out to be a pretty good meeting because i know i remember talking to jed's jed's older brother james who obviously you know very well and and james james being the head coach at bean lee tennis club in queensland at the time i remember he mentioned that he was telling me what Jed was up to um, and that the, the, the Rapkins family as a whole was so taken by your, I guess, your athletic ability and your keenness mm. uh, and your drive. And they were going to sponsor you to move to Australia. So that's, that was a, um, you know, I was surprised to hear that. And, you know, it was great to hear that as well. So and do you remember how that all came about? That was a life changing opportunity. To be honest, that I think that opportunity has, you know, brought me into like, has opened so many doors for me. Yeah. That um yeah because from the be I didn't know I didn't I was studying at the at a good school in Timor and then I didn't know if I should leave because I I wasn't sure whether Australia was the best choice so I had to discuss with uh, my family and Jed talked to my family and I can't really remember how we went but you know at some point my parents had to make the decision and it wasn't if I wanted to be and I wanted to be a professional tennis player so my parents said if I stayed in Timor there is no way that you know I could reach any goal so they made the hard decision to um, agree to it because well Obviously, for me, education is really important too. So, having the education as well as training, it was like a pact for me. So I was like, "Okay, let's go." Good on you. That's so, awesome. So there was about, I think that was um, tracing your steps a little bit back. I think it was two thousand nine. You moved down to Australia. Yeah. Um, yes. And you came by yourself. Uh, and is that right? No, actually, I went well. I went with another friend, but she was just there like to help me, you know, settle down. Because oh, it wasn't going to be easy because it was my first time being away from home. Yes. And if I have done it by myself, it would have been so hard. Like even the language, you know, like I couldn't really understand your accent, like all the Aussie accent. Like I learned the American, you know, American English. So when I went there, it was like hard like i have to listen carefully yes absolutely and, mm. and um we, we take that for granted of course here that's that's one of the wonderful mm. things about um 
multiculturalism is, is is learning about other people and and making sure that we are aware <laughs> especially when we have yeah. newcomers to our country we've got to we do have to slow down oh. our accent a lot and oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially especially james rapkins right yeah. very hard, very hard australian accent but um so so how old were you at that point when you came down with your friend i was 14 14 okay and then yes. how did obviously tough decision for mum and dad but how obviously that you know you came with their blessing and how did how did they handle those first few moments and months of that i guess I, I suppose you're contacting mum and dad a lot um no, it's, it, we have a, yeah, it's, I don't know, my, my family, we're not very, um, like, we're not very expressive, so it's like, when I left, it was kind of like, they, they think that it was good that they do not contact me as much, so that I can just, you know, settle down, that's, yep. that is how, that's just how we work things out. And even if I miss them, you know, like they would call once in a while, but they don't want to be too present or otherwise I want to get back just hearing their voice, you know. So, yeah, so they would, yeah, it's like once a week call and, you know, and I was getting closer with Mr. and Mr. Rapkins too. Yeah. So that really, yeah, they, they tried to help me a lot with that. Yeah. And it, so. it's true, isn't it? You. Um, and it's a bit like going to college, which we'll talk about soon, but you, you develop a new family, don't you? And it's not that they replace your old family. Um, and no, that's my, yes, that's just like an extent, another, just another family, you know, and, um, they're like my family. I was still, I was calling Miss Rapkins like a couple of days ago. She's, she's like, an, they're like another parent to me. Because yeah. I, I grew up with them, you know, like my teenage years, like those crucial years, they were the one who took care of me yeah. most of the time. Like I was, I was only home to Timor for like two, three months at most, and I'm back in Australia. So, yeah, they pretty much took care of me. So Yeah, look, there's, it's nice to know that there are still people out like that, but they're, they're, um, you know, they're, they're in tennis for the, you know, the right reasons, yeah. and they're very, very good people. So... They're like, you know, they are my blessings. I think like those, they are blessings in my life. So yeah, well, I, I know that yeah, I, know, I, mean, I know I can speak for them when they say that you know I think you're, you're um, like family to them as well. So I think the feeling is yeah. very mutual. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, it is mutually. <laughs> you know, it, it's nice. So, um, so look, yeah. So the homesickness part maybe not wasn't as strong as. Um, it could have been maybe so you know it sounds like you got quite busy and you're playing a lot of tennis and oh know, yes once, once i went to australia it was school in the morning and then tennis in the afternoon and during the holiday i played tennis i played so much tennis i loved it so yeah it wasn't it wasn't too hard for me and then when i get home i'm exhausted so it's like go to sleep yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah um, so i think it was about it had to have been about 2012, Kerry, that I got a call from James, and I didn't know about you at this point. Uh, well, sorry, I knew about you, but I hadn't never met you. Um, and and James mentioned that you were interested, at least, in looking in this college pathway. You were still yes. still considering the professional pathway as well, and maybe you yes. thought college was the way to go about it. But do you remember mm -hmm. what it was about college that was appealing to you? Um. 
I think uh, because I could still do both, I really loved the experience in Australia, like playing tennis and going to school at the same time. And I thought, like, why not take it to the next step and then, you know, getting the education and still playing, like, high-level tennis, too. That's, yeah, that's why. And then I was considering playing it professionally, but, you know, tennis is very costly. So there was, you know, I, I need to have some, some kind of plans. You know, yeah. if I cannot do tennis, then I need to get a good education. So when I return home... I can find a job yeah yeah if I yeah I mean if I think that was the best decision that I made because if I had stuck to just being a professional tennis player then what if I run out of funds what if this what if that so like okay education and sport at the same time if I want to continue playing tennis after college I can do that if not that's fine too yeah, no, look, and that, that's such a smart way to look at it. To me, that's a, you can't lose when you do that. And, and No, no, I, definitely not. And, and, and I often say that to people is that the pathway of a professional athlete, but particularly with tennis, because that's sort of what yeah. uh, my experience was trying to do that, was that it's, it's a pathway of complete uncertainty. Um, whereas the college pathway, you're going to get, we know what you're going to get. You're definitely going to get a degree. You're going to get better mm -hmm. if you're in the right environment. Yeah. The only thing that's unknown is how good you're going to be, and then, but you're not in a hurry. So you find that out at the mm -hmm. end, and if, if you still want to yeah. play pro at the end, you can, right? So, yeah. it, um, so that's, yeah, I mean, it was a smart way to approach it. But I remember starting the process with you and, um, and firstly, trying to make sure you were eligible. And that was, um, it was, do you remember when we were trying to get your, uh, Timorese results. Um, yeah. Results translated from, yes. Translated from Portuguese. Yes. Translated from Portuguese. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't easy, but you were very, no, very you, were, you know, you were very positive, um, yeah, you know, the whole way. And, and we got the job done. So, what, yes. like, one of, our, one of our favorite moments in our job, it, you know, with everyone we work with, is, is calling a family to discuss, you know, all the important decisions um required around sort of what what you know what college you're going to go to so in your case i only spoke to your mum once um and and she was you know through quite broken english um i got a very yeah, oh. yeah but i quite I, oh, I, you I, never know you spoke to my mum no i had like, a chat uh for about maybe two minutes but it was um oh, okay. i got a very strong sense of what she wanted for her daughter and she she asked oh, me yeah. In her in her own words, she wanted a very safe environment for my daughter, and ideally mm. in a Christian or Catholic environment. I remember her saying that, yeah. and so we took those words very very seriously. And that's why when yeah. an amazing offer sort of came through from Texas A and M Corpus Christi in in Texas, yeah. uh, I knew that, I knew that mm -hmm. we found a really good fit for you and and for your family. So um, on that note, I'm going to do something a little bit different i'm going to play you something um and i'd like you to share with me the emotions that this clip okay or this soundbite um evokes for you okay this is a bit weird huh <laughs> you look very weird. okay let me play this i wanted to hear i want to hear here we go
recognize that? Yeah. <laughs> what? So for those listeners, what was that music? It's the, it's the Texas A&M. Fight song. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so, how I miss it. Like, you know, like the, I feel like a little bit emotional now. I don't know why, because I miss it. I miss it. I really do. It's, yeah. it, it's, I, it, I, 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 it's I, a lot of emotion. I cannot tell you like how I feel because it's like, I'm, you know, like not in that time, but again, like I really miss those moments, like being with the team and, you know, yeah, it is. It was such an amazing experience. Yeah, it's the camaraderie, you know? It's like when you hear this song, you're like, okay, let's, you get so pumped, like the adrenaline. Like, I can feel like, I don't know, I get goosebumps. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it, I've got no affinity with that song myself because I didn't go to that college, but I hear it and I get goosebumps because I, I, I feel the same about my university fight song every time i hear it I, I get goosebumps and you sort of just you just want to be back there and transport yourself back in time and do it all again right <laughs> absolutely absolutely so, my anyway, goodness I, I thought i'd try something a little bit different there to, to uh, get you talking yeah, about it. Really. <laughs> um, yeah. so let's dive was that sorry I don't know. There is a lot of emotion. Like I really, I want to go back. I just want to go back right now. I, I, I better not play it again. Otherwise you, your old coach might get a phone call from you. Right. <laughs> you see, see if you've got some eligibility left. <laughs> no more. No more. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. so look, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Corpus Christi um, and your university, Texas A&M university in Corpus Christi. It's a division one. NCAA program, you arrive on a full scholarship. Can you remember the first moments you arrived, the girl from East Timor arriving in this big airport in Texas? Yeah, I remember. I, I, I was so excited. There were two coaches. Uh, there is the head coach, Steve Moore. Shout out to Steve Moore. Um, and Gonzalo. And a couple of teammates, they always have that routine. Like they always want to make the newcomers feel welcome. So they usually go with the coaches and a couple of teammates. And, you know, everybody was so nice, you know, so welcoming. And I was so excited just, you know, to be in another country and then, you know, starting like a new experience. It's almost, yeah, so, yeah, it was, it was great. It was, they were, I mean, they know, they know what to do. Steve knows what to do. Yeah. So it was like, first thing you get there, you're like, okay, I'm home. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, and I'm not surprised by hearing all that. Um, tell us a little bit more about your coach, Steve Moore. A passionate coach. He's such, you know, he's very enthusiastic. He, lo I mean, he loves tennis. He, uh, he's, from what we know, like he stays up, like watching videos, so that, like trying to get prepared so that the next day he comes and just like, spills everything to us, like just tell us what to do. And he's very knowledgeable too. He knows a lot about it. And you know, like even after, it's not just tennis, it's just the things that he taught us, it's, it's for life, you know, like right now he like never control what you can control. 
like that has carried me like until today i'm like okay if you cannot you cannot control the result but you cannot you can control your effort the energy you put in you know the hard work so yeah that's that you live by that like i think i owe to him a lot too he was like such a great mentor great coach and a great person yeah he is and you know there's he's one of the best in in our opinion and and for sure uh, for sure and just yeah genuinely caring it's all about the experience yes, yes it's for important sure. to win it's important to have success and try yeah. and that, but at the end of the day he's trying to create a culture of good teammates and good people right yeah yeah you're right you're right yeah so. we do have we do have the top i mean the the losses and of course he gets into it you know he gets yeah. into it when i mean especially when we're not performing at the level that we like he knows we can but then after that it's like okay we're all good yeah it's good it's a sign, yeah. of, a sign of a good coach and what about your teammates talk me through some of them some of your teammates they're like my sisters and my brothers like i i said it during college i i can say it now too it's well i lost an I lost contact with some of them, but I think if I send them a message, it was, it's going to be like, you know, like we never stayed apart. So it was, everybody's, we're all international. Well, most of us were international. So we were, you know, traveling from one country to the other. And then, so we kind of, um, we bonded really well. I think it's just that the culture, like Steve's, you know he runs like a tight ship that he wants us to be great teammates so it, it just happened naturally and then he recruits people who, with the similar um how do you say uh character yes so it was uh, yeah when we went there it was it was like just another sibling you know yeah, and it was amazing. It was um, it was it was such an amazing like just meeting all of them. I think this. I think when I have like an important, you know, step of life, like I would I would send them an invitation. I want them all to come. Seriously, yes. it was amazing. Uh, was I, I've I've often um, you know, obviously followed some of your conversations on Facebook where you know that you can see you can see you've posted something and, and your teammates will all it's very clear that you're all very close and I find that that's beautiful mm -hmm. to watch and, and, yeah. and it, is, it is life lifelong those things and, um, and and you're right it's very important to keep in touch you don't need to keep in touch every week you know to yeah keep, yeah um, but when I don't want that yeah. yeah but once in a while you know you just want to catch up yeah, what, what you've shared in those four years, though, are very unique to you and your group, um, mm. you know, and, you know, no one can really ever break that, which is very, very special. You know, a lot of people go through mm. life without having experienced something like that. So um, I'm pleased that you still cherish it. And, and what about when you got there about all the free stuff? You know, like, you know, I, I know coming from East Timor, you know, and Australia even, I mean, we, we, don't, we, do we don't do that either. It's, it's you know, it, no. it's, you get over there, you're on a full scholarship. Can you remember when you received all your first gifts? Yeah, I was so excited because, I mean, for me, it was too much. But, well, at the beginning, I thought it was too much because I never got, like, so much stuff, you know, just 
for one year and then the next year we get a new like a new package so i mean it was a lot of stuff but i felt i don't know for some reason i felt really proud too just to you know have the blue i mean the uniform you know like yeah, yeah I, it was. I think I saw you several times throughout your degree, like when you were back visiting in Australia, and you're always wearing the blue, white, and green. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I kind of yeah. That that's just like I feel like when I play tennis, that's that's what I should wear. I don't know why. <laughs> that's what, yeah. So even now when I play tennis, I think that's that's what I should wear. So yeah. it's oh. like I love it. I love green, it. Yeah, and, and Kerry, what did you end up studying um, over your four years there? Uh, political science and communication. Okay. At the beginning, it was just political science, but then, you know, I wanted another degree. So, uh, one year and a half in, or something like that, I just added the communication. Yeah. You know, I wanted to do the communication just because I I think that I was a terrible public. I mean, I still am. I think I'm a terrible public speaker. And, you know, like just sometimes talking like this is me having improved a lot. Like I couldn't, I, I couldn't talk to a person just like this, you know, without being nervous and without being awkward. So that has really helped me, the communication part, because they kind of just like put me on the spot to be able to, you know, to just speak like you cannot I was I was I was terrified to be honest at the beginning, but now it's it's I'm becoming it's be getting better. Well, you're doing very well here. It's great, and it, it's yeah, um and again obviously from when we first met you, yeah, you're yeah we'd hire you to be a speaker. That's for sure. You're doing very well. So, uh, um, and I think America in general, though, just by being there in that capacity as a as an athlete, as an international athlete. You get a lot of attention, which is really a positive attention. Um, yeah. And Americans are great like that. They make you feel pretty good about yourself. And so you get confident and you know that if you try something and mess up, they're going to be there to pick you up and, you know, encourage yeah. you. They're super positive people by nature. Um, that yeah. was my experience um, living mm. in America. And, and I'm, I'm the same, you know, it's, it's um, and, and a lot of people are public speaking is, is is a, is a genuine fear for a lot of people but that that's for me as a english is my first language you know so i can imagine mm -hmm. with with your english yeah. portuguese background it's um mm -hmm. uh, was harder so again it's another thing that you should be proud of because it, it's um Thank not, you. not easy no not easy um and what about the, tennis? the back. yeah that's it that's it. Um, no, I was, I was just going to ask you about the tennis side, but you sort of haven't really, like, how did you find that? Have you got any sort of highlights um, that you, you know, over your four years as a, from a purely from a tennis point of view? Well, I know that winning is not, is not everything, but it feels great. You know, my first semester, we won the conference, our first conference, like for, for the women's team. I mean, it was amazing, and we get to. It was it was just it was just a great um, experience because that was my first time playing with a team, and you know, the first time that I played, it was so strange for me because 
these people are cheating for me. You know, like I never had that. It's always been like Miss Rapkins or Jed on the sideline, like, let's go carry. But this time it's like a bunch of people and all the fans too. Yep. So yeah, you it was it was a different experience. It was it was strange at the beginning, but it was it was very nice, you know, having people, you know, when you you know like picking you up when you make mistakes and yeah, it was it was great. It is. And, and such a difference, isn't it, from playing tournaments where, you know, um, yeah. it's all about you and if you win, it's great. Um, yeah. But, but then again, you don't have too many people to celebrate that with. And if you lose, yeah. it's quite, quite a lonely sport. So you, you yeah. win as a team, lose as a team. Um, yeah. There's always someone to put their arm around you. That's what I love about, um, you know, that environment. So no, that's good. And it's very yeah. loud, isn't it? That The cheering's, it's quite loud. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You know, like I, at the beginning, it was hard for me to, you know, cheer because I find it strange. But then, you know, after, you know, the third match, I was, I was also like very loud too. Yeah, go Islanders! Even, the, even the, the cheering, like on the court. Yeah. It was, you know, after you win a point, you you want to cheer the teammates. I didn't, I didn't know how to do that at the beginning, but then it just came naturally. You know, you just. When you win a point, you kind of like just scream, celebrate. I mean, not celebrate too much, you know, just say come on or something. But, you know, your teammates hear it, you know, and then they get motivated too. And then the next one gets. So, yeah, I love that. No, I love that's that. good. Well, look, I've got a bit of a highlight for you too. I mean, in, in your first year, um, the phone rang in our office and it was your coach, Steve Moore. Chris, Chris, this Kerry girl. She's a star. Where did you get her from? We need more of her. She's a worker. She's a leader. And she's one of the nicest humans I've ever come across. That were his words. And Oh, my goodness. Yes. And he still talks about you that way. But oh. And I think it wasn't long after that. You, you tell me if I'm wrong. And uh, you were made team captain, right? Did, did you get yes. that on Yeah. Is that in your first no, year? Or not, second year? That, was, that was the last year. We what, usually go year? by... You know, yes, yes. Yeah. And so... Um, but he did mention to me, even in your first year, that that was his intention, that, you know, he, he wants to make you the, the captain of the team, which is it's a great Co-captain. Co-captain. There's another girl. Like, we were both seniors, so. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Um, you know, but it, it's, it's we talk about when we're looking at this process for people, we're, we're always looking at, okay, what can this college do for me? And, you know, can I get there? Can I improve? Um, mm. You know, but what I love went by hearing that from the coach is, okay, you've actually improved their program in a way. You've contributed to a really mm. good culture, um, you know. So I think that that for me that's a real highlight. And if I think if you can change something of the team around you, and and when you go over, I think you've you've achieved a lot. But it's but again, our focus often in what we do is, okay, you know, um, what can college do for me? Um, what can this coach do for me? But I think you've a really good example, and and there's, there's, we've got some other athletes like it as well. But to, to be able to go over and make an impact on them, um, whether mm. it's leadership, whether it's winning matches, whether it's just creating a really good culture and being a good team person, they're all really important, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, moving ahead, moving ahead a little, um, I guess when you were sort of heading towards your graduation with your your uh, political science and communications degree 
what were you thinking at that point in, in terms of your plans, you know, with tennis beyond college or, or with your degree? With, with, what were you thinking at that point? Well, at that point, tennis wasn't um, my priority anymore. It was, you know, because I know, I know how costly it is. You know, it's just like another, you, I have to have enough fun to invest in myself, which was not like the case uh, for me. So I thought like, okay, what, what I should do? And to be honest, I didn't know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't. I was like, okay, how about let's get another degree so that I can, you know, I, I can, you know, delay this um, adulthood process, like not finding <laughs> a job now. <laughs> but that didn't work out. I was forced into adulthood. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but when I get home, I, I return home. When I get home, I didn't, I didn't really know what to do. So I was following, uh, I was going to, you know, conferences, to trainings, just to find out like what my passion really is. So, um, yeah, so my, my auntie is an activist. She is, uh, so I went around with her too, a lot. And she's also um, a member of the LGBTI community. So, this yeah, is a, I went this around. This is in East Timor? Yes, Yes, yeah, I already went back. So, yeah, I was going around with her, you know, hearing stories from the people, like from the from the community, LGBTI community, and that's how that's what drew me into um, into the um, the job that I had um, with the organization. So, Fantastic. yeah. So you've you've sort of developed a bit of a passion for. Um, social, issues, to honest, social issues like I love helping people I love helping people so you know like if anything that I can do to help like to make somebody's life easier to you know like to make to just you know to change something I I mean like anything I will I'm there yeah that's wonderful so you you, you um you found what your passion was you know and and um, yeah. you just needed to um go find it and and sometimes you got to go away to america to find it and then you come back home and then yeah. all of a sudden at the, the light bulb moment happens right and sometimes it's yeah. just an experience and, sure. or a meeting with yeah. someone and maybe your auntie yeah. would be part of that which is great yes she was she was she really was well good on you that's good and so you're in the uk now what are you doing there um, I'm studying, I'm doing my master's degree, so yeah. <laughs> um, I'm doing um, sports management and international development. Yeah, I just, I, okay. I always wanted to work in the sport field, of course, so when I, uh, when I went home, besides the social issues, of course, sports is my passion too, like I've always played sport like throughout my life, so and um, in my country, sport is not an area that is not a sector that is um, considered important by um, the government. So it's like it's left behind. So there is not many people who are um, skilled uh, in that area. So I thought this is what I love. Why not, you know, go pursue a degree in this and then come back home and 
do something about it. You know, try to help improve the conditions for the athletes because I was also an athlete myself. And, you know, there's a lot of things that needs improvement and there needs to be people who really um, are passionate about it to make the change because what we have right now is just people yes. wanting a job. Yes. You know, just wanting a job, which, you know, when you just want a job, you don't really, you know, pour your heart into it. And for me, it's like if I have the opportunity to do something, it's like, that's it. So that's you, just, and that, that sounds like it's a great opportunity to combine your love of, um, you know, helping others, social justice is along with, mm. uh, along mm. with, you know, sport and, and sport being such a healthy thing and, and look what it's done for you. So, you know, people can, people can see what you've done in, in your home country, um, the journey you've taken, then that's surely got to inspire some little kids, just the way Serena inspired yeah, you. Yeah, you know, you do. It's, it, it's strange for me to, like, have people look up to me, to be honest. Like, the kids there, you know, some of them, like, they want to take pictures with me. <laughs> they, want to, they want to hear my story, you know. It's that is I never in a thousand years like would imagine that happening to me, you know, like I I still don't feel like I have done much, but I think like for those kids, I am I don't know like a somebody they look up to. So yeah, when they do that, I feel it's. It's a strange feeling. To, I, I cannot say like I'm very proud because I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah. I don't feel like I have achieved much. So, well, but it's really nice to be, to be able to, you know, give them like to, uh, you know, share my story and then inspire them. That's exactly right. And and sometimes yes. you don't know who you're inspiring. They might, yes, uh, exactly. you know, you know, they might not tell you that they're inspired, but you, sometimes you never know. Um, I know, hear that. I hear that a few times i'm like am i really doing that yeah that's but, it i mean if you think about your hero serena i mean she she, yeah, she, won't, yeah. she, will, she will never know the amount of people that she inspired to pick up a tennis oh, for sure uh, for sure yeah she she was yeah the reason i played tennis yeah exactly right so look i'm going to finish with one which i think is a pretty cool question and i think i've got a bit of an idea of what you're going to answer here but maybe without giving you any notice to this question if all of your wildest dreams come true, where where is Kerry Galhos in five years from now? And what are you doing? I'll be in Timor. That's where I want to be. Um, I want to open a foundation. If, you know, you are just letting me dream, right? Okay. Yes. I want to have, yes, I want a foundation that, um, you know, support, supports the um, athletes in Timor to have a better condition just you know like to have a um, um, how do you say better opportunities yes yes better opportunities because okay I had the opportunities I never imagined that I could have this is something because it's such an incredible experience and I want more people to be able to experience this not just me and then by having a foundation i think i will be able to you know improve like 
improve the sport in Timor and, you know, make, because we have so many talented, um, talented athletes, but because we do not have the support, like even from the government, so it goes to waste, the talent goes to waste. And we could, you know, we could have like world, world um, athletes, but because there is, we do not invest in them. There is not, um, you know, it just after a certain point they drop out because they have to find a job. Yeah. When they could be like, you know, playing somewhere like being, you know, world boxes or you know, yeah. tennis stars. So yeah, that's that is actually my passion i think yeah but i also yeah i also want to be i also want to be an entrepreneur (laughs) i always because i think that to have um if you want a foundation you know i don't think that you have to find you have to have a um a side um side job too just just to help out you know like because i don't think that especially in timor not a lot of people would be would want to donate because sport what what is sport it's not it's they consider it not important so i have to find something i want to be able to if i cannot find people who want to donate or who want to contribute like i want to be able to do it myself that's why i also want to be an entrepreneur so that you know i can hopefully get the funds and you know be able to help all these athletes and it's not just athletes to be honest i just want to help people yeah yeah with the issues that i'm passionate about that's fantastic carrie well if they are your wildest dreams i'd be a very very brave man to bet against all of that happening um i think it's you know uh, what i'm always i'm always very positive i feel like when you have a when you have the good intentions, I, the universe helps you. Like everything will fall into place. To be honest, because I didn't know that I was going to come here to the UK to do my study. That was that was a wild dream too. That was not happening even until the last minute. I was um, the last minute. I wasn't. I didn't know what was going to happen. One week before the college, uh, the university starts, I didn't know that I was going to have the fund. Two days before before it starts i ho- I got everything two days before and i was like well it's meant to be you know like i was stressing out of course but i think that if it's meant to be it's meant to be yeah and hey. if you have good intentions everything will work out things will work out i i, I seriously that's feel how, like that's, that's a that's what that's that's how it happened to me like my whole life like last minute like if it's yeah if it's meant to happen it's going to happen you just have to work hard and, you know, pray for the best. Yeah, look, I, I, I feel like that's a very, very good place to end because I don't think we can, we can better that. that that's a very, very um, profound way to finish. And I think a lot of people listening, you know, would, would be nodding their heads right now, okay? So I think, mm-hmm. yeah, you've inspired me tonight. Like your whole story inspires me, mm-hmm. Kerry. It really does. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure, and I know it does my wife, Alexia, um, who, who you know as well, and, and all of our stuff. So I'm just pleased that through this avenue, we can, you know, more people know about your story and Kerry Galhos and, and 
How are you going to take over I hope I, I just want to inspire one person to be just one person to, you know, to follow their dreams, just to, you know, get after it. It's, if I can do that to one person, man, that's, that means the world to me. Yeah. That means the world to me. Well, I'm sure you've already done that and there's a lot of people um, in the next few years that are going to be benefiting from, from all the work you do. So, look, thank you, Kerry, for being so open and honest and lovely to talk to. And um, we'll have to make it a little bit sooner that we catch up next time. Hey, Anytime you're in Australia, you know, yeah. you always come and say hello. Yes, absolutely. Yes, thank you for having me. It was, I don't know, you feel, it, it felt great to be able to talk about this because, you know, sometimes you forget, like, well, when you are in the next step of life, you're just like, how did that happen? You know, just, it's great to go back the down the memory lane. So. It, it is. Thank I've, you. I've, I've enjoyed it. You've made my night. So, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, Thank be, you. we'll definitely follow your progress with great interest. Thank you very much. Subscribe to The First Serve via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform to listen at your convenience to all our weekly content, including past editions of In The Huddle, produced by Study & Play USA, as well as our dedicated commercial radio program each Monday on SEN that you may have missed at 7 p.m. Eastern, Aussies only, and crunching the numbers. Subscribe to The First Serve, your home of tennis. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.